G'day and welcome back to the Pod Pod. It's your boy Dossie here with uh, Louis Stato and of course Kyle Holmesy's heroes. But we've got a special guest today. I don't even introduce these guys anymore. I don't let them say hello at the start of the show because we have a special guest on this week, and it is Nathan from Hat Chat. Mate, welcome back to the Pod Pod. Great to be back. Enjoyed it last year so much. And of course, DC was on and I had to make sure that I didn't, he didn't beat me on that. Uh, yeah, he, he, he did jump on. Uh, unfortunately, we, we had to get the great man on. He, he actually had his worst week before jumping on. So, we wanted to sort of make that our trademark that we get people that have their, their worst week before jumping on. Nath, did you, did you follow tradition this week for us? Unfortunately not. I, I really tried my best, but unfortunately Damn. the team's just that good. Uh, can't can't pull out a poor score. So I pulled out a 22-11 this week. Wow, that's that's not too bad. I'm with you there, mate. My team's up and about flying up the ranks. But um, look, this show, we're going to have your top targets, which I'm actually really looking forward to. The top targets for the buyers. We're going to go through some more buy round chat. We know that's coming up in a week's time. So that's going to be one of our hot topics. We've got a plenty of hot topics to get through. Louis is going to give us his money makers for the week as well. But we've got a great man who's Bit of a curmudgeon today. He has come down, unfortunately, with the vid, but he's graced us with his presence anyway. He's in the age demographic that, you know, is pretty stressful time for, for people with COVID <laughs> in the 90 plus bracket. So, we do wish him well and we're praying for him. But Stato, welcome aboard, mate. Yeah, high risk, Dosk. It's high risk. Um, it could be the last show. We never know. Um, but first, I've got to say, um, I'm very tired. I'm a tag grumpy. is very grumpy when I look at your head, to be honest. It's just the worst looking head. Nathan, you really are handsome. Doss, uh, you're just annoying. I don't know what the vid has done to me, but it's made me very angry at Doss. I, I don't understand it, but there's a lot of rage here and it's going to come out during this pod. Can't wait. I'm just looking forward to what your COVID trades are because going back when I had it, I spent way too much time with my own thoughts and that was yeah. the week, as we all know, I'm that I brought in Jaden Stevenson. So, oh, I'm, looking, no. I'm looking forward to what your trades are going to be like this week, mate. Um, yeah, but while we've got you here, Stato, you've, you've done some research for us and do you want to give us an update on how our listeners are going on our big group lead, the Pog, Pod Pod Challenge? How are people going in that league? They're doing pretty well, to be honest, mate. So the new overall winner is a member of the challenge. This is Matty Mottram. He's an absolute ripper and has been for a long, long time. And he's taken the lead with a wonderful 23-34 this week. That's a magnificent score. And the way he's done it, Doss, is not be kissed by his ship players. He's actually got really good squad there, mate. Have a look at his team, mate. You might learn something. Cam Cavaliers uh, sitting in fourth position, only 135 points behind the lead. And we now, and this is increasing each and every week, we now have 21 teams in the challenge in the top 100. It was 18 the week before and 12 the week beforehand. So obviously really good advice coming from Lou and Carl. <laughs> yeah, and that's it, just about. All right, well, let's get to our other panel members here as we get through our nailed it's and failed it's and how we went this round. We'll start with you, Kyle. How'd you go this week, mate? Yeah, Doss, thanks for having me here again. That was uh, <laughs> really good to have Stato unhinged. I've really enjoyed him actually coming out of his shell for once and, and letting us know how he really feels. <laughs> I, had a, I had another good round. Uh, I had a 22.95 this week, which is uh, ranked 300 for the week or just over, which has brought me into the top 1,000. So currently sitting at 8.13, which is a pretty good spot leading into the buys. My nailed it for the week, and we're, I suppose we'll get into a bit of a discussion oh. on this because I know how Stato feels about this, and, and you put your thoughts, <laughs> thoughts in the chat as well. <laughs> um, Darcy Cameron <laughs> uh, on that Sunday, 1.15. <laughs> Unreal. Being at the game, don't get me wrong, he he started well, but he was playing full forward in the wet. Collingwood were winning, so I have no doubt that he probably would have got to a you know a, a respectable eighty odd. But the fact that Cox went down and, and meant he was playing as the sole ruck, he just absolutely dominated. And I would think from this point in time that he takes that role now, and and they don't play Cox. But who knows? I didn't think Cox was going to come in in the first place. My failed it, and this one. It's not great, but Connor Rosie, just another 60-odd. So, that's 
360 scores in the four weeks that I've owned him. Owned him, So he's made his cash and he's got to go. But un- unfortunately, it's just one week too early. So fingers crossed he can uh, get one more score for me before his buy and then I'll be able to offload him to a, to a keeper. And my trades last week, I went a red dot rookie, which was Jack Hayes down to Saligo. And then that allowed me to go Whitfield to Hewitt. Yeah, very nice trades there. Let's get Stato's opinion on Darcy Cameron while we've got him here. Uh, look, it, it was a really good pick, um, and, and I actually think Carl actually got him before he went big, if, if I remember correctly, or at least the first week after he went big. So everyone It was else, the week after seeing it, yeah. Yeah, so it's a bloody good call. But um, So I've been holding off just trying to see if it was real. As soon as Cox went big in the VFL, I thought, no, no, they're playing him in the ruck, uh, so they have the two-pronger. Um, if Cox gets in, I thought, thank Christ I didn't go him. And then 10 minutes in, a uh, bloody American hurt himself. And <laughs> to the Did owner. he hurt himself, though? Uh, yeah, he's done something to his finger. But but you're probably right. Um, with those type of conditions, why do you want two super tools in there? Good enough excuse. Uh, off you go. They probably didn't realise it's going to be wet as it was. Um, but anyway, uh, it was a really good selection at the time and it's really paid off for those that have got him. Um, he is someone, because of the buyer's situation, so going from a Martin to a Darcy Cameron will only cost you 20 grand around that mark, is worthwhile as long as Cox isn't in. Yeah, and you're absolutely flying now, Kyle, up into the top 1,000 again, mate, in that 800 spot, 800 and, what was it, 813. I tell you what, you wouldn't know how well you're doing. I reckon you. It wasn't long ago that you you were absolutely sooking, mate. Oh, we had we, we had to call him Grumpy Kyle on the oh, show. And you're unbelievable! Sitting at eight thirteen, what are you complaining about? He's had to purchase six TVs. <laughs> I was round end around seven. I was ranked four thousand seven hundred. So on the on the back of Darcy Cameron getting it done and and a few other good trades, I've I've managed to come good. So it it is a a lesson to all the the listeners out there that. You can you can climb rank pretty quickly if you if you nail these unique picks. I I haven't deliberately done it, but a lot of a lot of my picks haven't been very highly owned. You think like a Zorko, a Parker, a Cameron that were all under ten percent, and that can really help you shoot up the ranks. Frustratingly, it means that fantasy might be actually skill based, and I'm not ready to accept that. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, mate. I'm with you there. Hey, Louis, walk us through your round, mate. You're also flying. Yeah, I had another good week, Dossie. I scored a um, 2,268, so a little bit above par for the round, which brought me in from rank 397 to 260, so a good little position to be in at this time of the year. Uh, My nailed it was actually just playing it safe with the VC from Petrarca. Uh, My fallback option would have been Neil, and I would have lost about 10 points there, so um, that was a good one to be rewarded for doing so. Um, I failed it was... And maybe I'm going a little bit early here, but I'm just a little bit worried about having structured so that Clark's on my field. I know he scored mm-hmm. the 61, but um, just the eye test, I'm a little bit worried about that going forward. So I'm going to chuck yeah. that down as my failed it. Uh, and my last week's trades were Hugo Ralph Smith to Cleary and uh, Whitfield to Petrarca. Yeah, beauty. Um, let's get on to our special guest. I reckon, in Nathan. You've already mentioned at the top of the show how you went, mate. Was it 22-11? But what about your uh, the rest of those sort of things that we talk about? Yeah, so nailed it for me has to be Clayton Oliver, 151. I uh, brought him in five weeks ago due to all my forced trades and he's averaged 123 for me. So it's been incredibly pleasurable to watch. But my failed it was uh, not taking the Callum Mills VC. Uh, obviously it was on 107 and we knew it was going to get to 112, but I just didn't like the look of having that 107 captained. So I went with Jack McRae, who was all right with a 96, but not what I was looking for. And yeah, my trades, I went um, similar to Holmesy, went both Hayes and Whitfield out, but I went Saligo and Jordan Dawson, who had a nice 111 on debut for me. Yeah, that's beautiful. There was a few sort of hot, trade targets this week that I think definitely paid off for coaches that brought them in. And finally, rounding out, um, before I do my own little uh, thing here, Stato, how'd you go, mate? 
Yeah, green vest between us group uh, with 21.57, but um, still going up the rankings. So 7,098 to 6,620. So that's the last four weeks I've gone from 13,000 to 6,000. So they're good signs, but I'm just not getting the sugar hits that I need. Uh, my nailed it was trading at some dead weight that were losing money and my failed it was again no sugar hit and a failed captain which seems to be a regular story. Uh, I'm going to start uh, posting <coughs> on Twitter who I'm trading in because they're going to be shit that week. <laughs> uh, I, think I've, I think I've brought in premiums, three of which, so this started at round five, one got injured straight away and three of the other... Um, uh, the other four have actually had their season low the, the week I brought them in, and that includes Kate, Clayton Oliver against West Coast Eagles. So just absolutely magnificent, um, but that's what's happening. It's the fantasy gods just paying me back for a bit of luck in previous years. My last week's trades were Bowie and Rochelle for Brayshaw and Cleary. And doesn't Cleary look good? He does. Wait, so you brought in... Brayshaw this week, Stato. Angus, 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 Angus in defence. I went for the uh, the fifth of four options in defence. Had my eyes on Hewitt all week, but when I heard the rumours had to hold off on the Friday night, then my eyes purely went to the gazing, beautiful looks of Dawson. Um, and just before the game, I, I picked uh, Brayshaw. It just was a bit better for the structure, but... His consistency was was really good, to be honest. So he was averaging 98. So he gave me 67. You know, that's just Stato's picks this year. Uh, I just understand trying to copy um, those fantastic coaches that already have Gus Brasher in their side and just trying to really oh. um, line yourself oh, up with those, those yeah. great coaches. Yeah. To round and you know, out. you know the you know the worst thing. I could have picked a shit player like Coleman, mate, which you have as well, and got myself a 98. Oh, shit players don't get 98, do they? That's uh, just a good, mm, good trade mm. by me a couple of weeks ago. That's uh, 22.19 for Dossie this week. Uh, the rank up from 10,595 up to 8,008. And uh, Dosby Lestier now paying $1.20 for the Hilux. So he's uh, he's rising up those ranks. My nailed it. Gee, there's there's plenty of them to talk about, guys. Parish whacked the C on. I remember being scoffed bringing him in a couple of weeks ago. Gee, just mm-hmm. the 146 there. I guess that's what you guys probably don't want in your side. Just the 146. Put that C on him. Enjoyed that very much. Was told not to bring in Sarong this week. You know what? Brought him in. <sighs> what do you get, boys? 113? Don't mind that. I guess you guys don't want tons in your team. Coleman. Great pickup. 98. Cash Gen City. Big Shawnee Darcy with a 120 after a failure last week. So, Guys, it's hard to go wrong uh, at the top. Dospulous there. Now, my favourite. Can I just share with the listeners? This type of shit goes for about four hours in our chat. Actually, just <laughs> while just- we're on that, can we just let everyone know what happened on Friday night, Dos? Was it? Is it true that you got booted from our chat group and had to have a timeout because of the amount of shit you spoke? <laughs> and, um. and I will. I will say he's <laughs> pumped up. He's fired up that he's going all right. But he is in the worst position out of the four of us regulars by a fair whack, to be honest. And he was the third lowest score out of the four of us, but he's <laughs> up and about. Look, just bringing some energy back. Um, also, above our, you messaged above our me guest earlier well. that week, Dossie, saying I'm going Hately. And then you told me that the boys talked you out of it. What is I this? Know, right? I didn't know you could be talked out of a player. <laughs> well... You know, I, I really should stop though, because I, like I said, they, they don't want tons on the pod pod anymore, guys. Like ninety eight, what do you get? Ninety eight? Nah, that's probably, it's probably not quite what they're after. I think Stato's more after those sixties, as we've just discussed, um, bringing in Brayshaw. And, so, and I and I will say, mate, uh, Stevie Fizz uh, sent me a little message over the weekend and goes, "Geez, didn't Dossie remind us about Bailey Williams and uh, Redman over the weekend? So you've been chirping everywhere." <laughs> I'm absolutely up and about, boys. Yeah, uh, I failed it though. I'm just slightly concerned with Cripps, um, Patrick Cripps. Look, he's back to back poor scores, but 
Um, I know he's had some tough matchups, but he's just not looking like that dominant self. And Kyle kind of flagged it the other week where, you know, he was he was averaging on track to win the Coleman and, and average like 40 touches a game. So that was not going to be sustainable. But I still was hoping for kind of those consistent tons. So um, just hoping that that bounces back this week. Just just putting it on my favourite. My trades, Bowie and uh, Josh Ward out for Sarong and Saligo. Very sad days to send Bowie on his way. Let's get into our hot topics. Now, lads, we're just going to talk about the buys. It's coming up soon. We've got one more week, then we're hitting them. Uh, let's just get a little bit of last bit of advice before the buys. We've been talking about them for a while now, so we've kind of had a lot of discussion over the last couple of weeks about them. I just want your final thoughts, each of your final thoughts, just heading into the buys and where to sort of be sitting at right now. Kyle, let's start with you, Matt. Yep. So, we obviously want as many of our 30 squad playing. Um, obviously, we know that our best 18 score over the three buy rounds and ideally you want to have that sort of 20 to 22 playing so that your rookie scores can drop off the ground. However, we still need to make sure that we're maximizing points on field. So, I still don't think it's the time to trade out your Skinners, um, your Steens, your Reef McInnes, these types that don't have enough cash on their heads to make a significant upgrade on the other end. I think you just wait until they could be one of your three trades in the buys um, so that you can still do an upgrade on the other end. So keep trying to chip away at those red dots, but still make sure that you can still upgrade uh, points onto your field at the same time. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a big question of when to get rid of those those dead dots on the bench. You're saying just wait until we get into those buy rounds and fix them up. Louis, what's your bit of advice heading into the buys? Uh, yeah, just be mindful that even though the buyers start next weekend, that your buy round trading essentially starts this weekend. So, what I like to do is set up my round 12 as best I can with my two trades before the first buy rounds. And then with my three trades next week, I try to fix up that round 12 as much as I can, but I'm getting a move on with round 13. So, I'm constantly moving ahead of myself to put myself in the best uh, position through the buyers. So, that's just a bit of advice from myself. Now, I know Stato's an absolute freak through the buys, uh, absolutely froths off him. He reckons he's going to do absolutely uh, kill it through the buys again this year. Stato, any final bits of advice? We know you, you're planning eight weeks ahead for this. You ready? Absolutely. Planning months ahead. Uh, I, I will say the boys have covered it really well. The only thing I'll add is through this time, you still want to make sure you improve your team. So that's the main aim that you should have. You get as many playing through each of the three buy rounds as possible whilst you're still improving your team. So you want to roll out round 14 and there's no Clark, there's no Dacos, there's no Martin on your ground. You want all premiums. Some of them might be value premiums, so you need to buy the the cheaper ones, but um, you want to finish your squad during this time. So a bit of a trick when you're looking at your, your three trades is two down, one up, so you're getting a gun. Yeah, love that, mate. Um, groundbreaking stuff. I was actually planning on making my team worse through the buys, so I'm glad to know that I'm <laughs> the ghost. Dossie, Dossie, I reckon there's a fair chance. <laughs> and Nath, you got anything to add, mate? For me, it's all about knowing when your shit players are playing. And it's not just about having, say, 20 players, but if you've got in those 26 rookies that are capable of plopping out a 40 or a 30, then just being real careful to actually put your strengths where it should be. So the rule I like to play is if you've got your best 18, take a look at them. If one of those best 18 has put out a sub 50 score, then you should have an extra player there just in case they do it that week. All right, that's a nice bit of nice bit of cherry on top for the buy advice this week. And, and yeah, obviously starting next week and we get those three trades, which is going to be juicy. Let's talk about some DPPs, which also happens. That's after this week. Am I right in saying that? Yep. Yeah, so we start at the before round 12. So before we get to our buyers, we get our DPPs. Um, just going to say, look, we've obviously there's a couple of names that are floating out there in the ether that might be getting that forward status in particular, that there's just a couple of huge names. Like we've talked about Bailey Smith, there's potential that he could be getting it. Um, and also the Bond. Um, are there any other names that we can think of? But firstly, Nathan, I want to get your opinion on this one. Could you be? Is it sort of too risky? If you're a non-owner, could you be trading for these guys now heading into the buys? Because they do, a couple of these guys in particular, Bont and Baz, they do have that round 13 buy. It could be handy in your buy planning. 
can you trade for someone like this without the confirmation that they're definitely going to be getting DPP, but the likelihood that they might get that forward status? Normally, I would say potentially don't. But given the likelihood that they will actually make it looks to be close to, I think they need almost like one center bounce in the forward line. And given what they pulled out last week, I think they're almost both a guarantee for forward status. So I would have no hesitation in bringing them in this week. Is it something you'd, you'd consider looking at given based on their price then, Nath? Absolutely. I'm quite all right for round 13 at the moment. But if I wasn't, I'd definitely be looking at the Bont in particular. Yeah, he's, he's at a very discounted price. Kyle, do you have any differing opinions on this coming into sort of this uh, wave of DPPs? Nah, uh, you guys have nailed it. I, I genuinely don't like to bring in players early just in case they don't get the DPP. I think it's a, a bit of a recipe for disaster. But with the stat that Fantasy Freako put out on Twitter, I think he said that if both Bont and Baz attend zero, so they have 100% midfield time this week, they'll be under the threshold by 0.002. So all you all you need is um, them to play a little bit forward and, and they're guaranteed to get it. So with with Bont's price, um, he's definitely someone I'm looking to target. I'd, I'd love to have Bailey Smith in my side as well, but at this time of year coming into the buys, he's just not an option because of how expensive he is for my team and, and the way I like to find value. The final hot topic for this evening, and it's it's tough to gauge, but we did get a great look at the first look of GWS, their new, well, it looked to be sort of a new game style, and also we got to see their midfield mix. Unfortunately, it's a bit of an unknown still due to the fact it was versus West Coast, um, and also there was a bunch of guys out, so we, we saw Taranto not being in there, Lockie Whitfield's obviously still to come back in, but Louis, was there anything that you gauged from from that GWS game? Because obviously they've also got the first buy round, it's tough to bring anyone in if you don't have them, but was there anything, any good signs or any bad signs from your perspective? Yeah, um, I gauged that perhaps I might not like uh, Mark McVeigh either. So, <laughs> him dropping Hamilton was not very nice to me, but that's all right. Um, no, see, the problem with this game is, Doss, it's a total false economy. So, first of all, you're playing the Eagles. You've lost two of your best players with Whitfield and Taranto. You don't have your main Ruckman. Uh, it's a brand new coach. Uh, it's just so hard to get a read on these things. I think what we can do is start to identify trends from it though so if we see cogs or a kelly get high center bounce usage again next week then all of a sudden we can sort of use that process to figure out whether or not that role is going to continue but in terms of this week dos it's uh it's very difficult to tell going on with our hot topics we might as well i'm going to move a segment up here i think because it kind of moves in nicely it's a segment that we we had at the start of the season and, and it sort of just flows into this conversation, I think. Kyle, we, we had a segment called Kyle's Question and uh, I'll just read that little description that we had. Kyle poses a question to his fellow top coaches, including me, something that you genuinely want to ask the group that we usually would just put in our private little group chat, but that you're willing to share on the pod pod. Do you have a Kyle's Question for this week? Yeah, so basically, I just want some help, lads, because you know, we all know how I, how well I went last season. I, I came second, but you never have a perfect season, and it seems around the buyers that I tend to struggle a bit. So last season, I traded in Patrick Cripps, and I also traded in Jack Bowes around the buyers, purely to, to fit buy structure. And if I had my time again, obviously, I'd, I wouldn't have traded those players in as, as they didn't average very well, and they actually sunk my season a bit. So... Just throwing it to you, Stato, how, how important is it to really nail the buy structure considering, you know, cash gen's a little bit low? Do we do we try and find these underpriced premiums or premiums that we think in terms of the, the value guys or do we pay up a little bit more to get the, the more top, you know, 10 guys in the line and then sacrifice buy structure a little bit? Um. It depends on what your balance is, um, but I will say I go uh, uh, rookie corrections, uh, rising mid prices, so find your Heinz type between round three and five. Uh, then I go under value to the buyers, and then as soon as the buy is starting, I'm using two trades down, which ensures the buy structure is going well, and one up to a premium, so who's going to be 
top six and that's all I care about from there on. And at the end of the day, um, price only comes into it if you can't afford the right one. So um, Bailey Smith and Bont is a classic example at round 12 if they both get forward status. Then depending, I would prefer, to be honest, I would prefer Bailey Smith, but if I only had the cash for Bont, that's who I'll go. So I, I just go um, purely and simply, you get your big dogs, you don't get your fix-its. As soon as you go fix-its, you stuff up and it's another correction trade you have to do. And that's what would have happened to two of your players. You brought two players in that you would have had to remove later on rather than um, correction trades or, or take your little bit underperforming premium to an uber premium for the rest of the season. Yeah, I suppose it's just hard. I mean... Round 13 buy, for example, when you're looking to get someone in from round 12, you're probably going to be looking at getting a Greg Clark up who's kind of stalled in cash a little bit and you're, you're probably going to look at maybe needing to find 400K to get him up to anyone decent in the midfield. And with with cash generation yeah. being as low as it is, well, in my side, but with a lot of a lot of sides struggling with the rookies coming in, it's, uh, it's just finding ways to to not get too creative and, and still get the, the premium that you want. So I suppose maybe using a little bit of DPP to to maybe get a forward or a defender who, you know, you're getting a top guy on the line for maybe 750 to 800K rather than the 850 to 900. But it's just something I wanted to discuss because, yeah, clearly it was an, an area of my game that I struggled with last season. And, and you, you actually got on to the correct answer. So the priority should always be to finish in midfield. So you're looking at all those value picks to be in the midfield. So the midfield is finish because your forwards and defenders are the ones that have got uh, a little bit more of those mid prices that can score well um, and then cheaper premiums because of their, their roles. So picking up a, a Hewitt um, last week for 700 and 75k is much easier to find than finding a top eight midfielder around that price. It's also the most flexible position too, Stato. So you're always getting, after five rounds, another player to come in, another player to come in, another player to target. So yeah. naturally, completing that area of your field last is often best off for your side. Yeah. i just add to that that the thing to be wary about for me during the buy rounds that typically teams can fall into is going, I don't have enough cash to make that upgrade to the player that I want, but I want to make sure I am improving my team. So they'll bring in a mid-pricer, as you mentioned before, sort of Jack Bowes, Holmesy, and a lot of teams are bringing in. So, for example, some people brought in Buterek this week, and it's just the sort of thing that if you do get going, well, I'll trade him out in three to four weeks, but, you know, an extra injury extends that out another week, and you might be left with some of these players till round 20, round 21, which can tank your season. So I wouldn't just be panicking to have to get the best player that you can afford that week. Stato? What type of idiot would would uh, bring in Bruderick? Never one that had won a top 100 hat before, DC. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no one. No one. No good coach. They, they all went Colin, yeah, exact right? Bailey vibes. What's that? Exact Bailey vibes there, Stato. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Show me the money. Louis, it's time to find us those cash-generating rookies that uh, Kyle was desperately worried about moments ago. So, who's going to get us through these buy rounds, be making those ca- that cash for us so that we can do these two downs, one up that Stato's talking about? Have you got a few names for us here, Louis? I do, Doss, but at this stage, he is right to be a little bit worried anyway <laughs> through these buys. So, got five names for us. I'll kick it off with Jake Saligo. I think it's his third game, so it's a bit unusual that he's only 255k and a minus 10 break even, but he came in, played round one, didn't set the world on fire. Um, Round two was the sub and he's pretty much applied his craft in the sandfall. He's banged the door down. He's in there at AFL level and to um, dish up a, a 77 on the weekend was very impressive. So he's my number one target uh, for the rookies this week. And being from Adelaide, there's been a lot of hype about him since he's played that game. So I think he will get an extended run at it. I've just heard a lot of nice things on the radio throughout the day. 
Um, number two is a little bit shakier and it's Cooper Stevens. Uh, we know that his job security is always going to be an issue at Geelong, but he is 253k. He's proven he can score. So I think he brought up a 67 on the weekend. Uh, minus eight break even uh, is a nice one for cash generation too. Uh, number three is Luke Cleary. Uh, this guy has looked really good since he made his debut two weeks ago. Uh, he's still 261K, has the minus nine break even and scored another 62 on the weekend. Uh, the only concern with him would be whether or not he's named this weekend with, I think, Jure's meant to be coming back and, uh, and Crozier might have been sick or the other way around. But uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, number four, and this guy might be more of a target coming off of his buy, so um, take notes on this one, but Jacob Weir, uh, he was decent on the weekend, 213k, has that two break even, so if he is named next week, uh, he'll get up to about 260, he should have a negative break even, if he's named in round 13, we'll jump on because you've got a rookie for the rest of the buys in that case, and he's a defender where we're a little bit light on. Uh, and number five, this is a bit more of a maybe your team only needs a forward, and that's Joel Jeffrey. So he won the Rising Star this week, uh, 242k, minus 11 break in uh, break even, scored an 87. Uh, that was off the back of five goals, though, which isn't going to happen every week. And uh, the previous weeks to that, he was a 30 and a 40 guy. So uh, he's a break glass in case of emergency type, I think. But uh, those are our five rookies looking at this week in order. Beautiful, mate. I did catch uh, a bit of Jacob Ware. Looked really good. He's a 23-year-old um, mature age rook as well, but yes. Premiership player in the SANFL, uh, great success there. So, um, yeah, they, they got him in. Uh, I think they drafted him about mid-draft, about 47 or so. He got dropped off the list, re-rookied. So, he's got a lot of experience. He's been working hard and a very good user of the footy. Haven't seen a man skinnier than him on an AFL field though before, probably in my life. Um, all right, this is the this is the segment we've all been waiting for. He's on the show for this for this reason. We've been talking about some targets. We've already we've already touched on a couple during our DPP segment, but in talking about trades this week, and as Louis said before, that we're, we're planning for these buys right now. This is when we've got to do it. It's our last chance to try and organise our structures to get them to at least where we want to be to be able to survive for the first week of the buy rounds. Nathan's going to hit us up with his top targets for the round. And Nath, I know that you, you love a theme song. I might try and sneak something in for you, mate, because you're always requesting theme songs on the hat chat. You never get them. I'll try and do something for you here, mate. I barely get barely get my own segment on the pod. So I'm I'm incredibly stoked to be on here. What sort of theme we're we looking at, mate? We'll try and slot it in in a sec. What what sort of thing do you want? Oh, I don't know. Just surprise me, Dossie. This is already Christmas for me that I get a theme song. Nathan's three targets. So for me, the two buy targets, obviously, are round 13 and round 14. And for me, round 13, it's all about those defenders and potential forwards. So I think Dawson is the pick of the defenders for me there. In the 12 games remaining this year, he has West Coast and North Melbourne twice each. So one out of every three games he's going to play is going to be against the two easiest teams to score against. So I'm very much still interested in him, even though it's a bit more expensive. Then it's the forwards as well. So we've already mentioned Bont and Bailey Smith, so I won't talk too much more about them. But I still think Luke Parker is a great option as well. Obviously 120 on the weekend. I still think he's fantastic value as well. And then the midfielder that I would bring in from round 13, if you're looking for one, would be Rory Laird. Obviously had a bit of a struggle last week, but still managed to get 30 points in basically the last five to 10 minutes of that game. So he's one I'm really interested in. Then, of course, I think round 13 is where you can get a couple of rookies as well. So Saligo and Clary, as Louis mentioned, were clearly the top two. And I think this is a great way to fix up your structure as well by bringing in one, if not both, this week. Any other round 13 players that you think I've missed that would be good as a, a potential trade-in target? Well, you've got Bont. He's going to be coming up with the DPP. You've also got um, Rory Laird's teammate, who's going to be about 100k cheaper this week in Ben Keys. if you want to take a flight at that fixture too. Broderick. 
Miller is underpriced at this point, <laughs> Puerto Rico. Miller's underpriced at the moment. So he was he was cheap a few weeks ago and he hasn't really gone up from there. I'm still backing him in to bounce back. Um, Mills, if you don't have him, but you're paying a lot at that stage, especially at this stage in the season. Uh, any more, boys? Cam Guthrie, did, is he back? Is he back yet? He's getting cheap. He's is he getting back? cheap. Is he back? Just don't think he can trust no, Geelong just... at this stage. I think that's the only thing. He'll be what? he'll be value at some point, but he's not that uber value that I would need to trust Chris Scott. So as of well, thirty minutes ago, Danger's going in for an extended sort of block of training um, for the back half of the year. So I don't know whether or not that helps um, Guthrie in the guts there. Certainly hope it helps uh, Cooper Stevens to be honest. His job security. Yeah, yeah, it does. It's a good point. Fantastic. Moving on to round 14, and I think this is where the midfield, as you mentioned earlier, Stato, in terms of completing a midfield, this is where you can get those round 14 players in. So I think that the big ones, obviously the Melbourne two big boys in Petrarca and Oliver, I still think it's a bit of a toss of a coin there, but I'm personally going Oliver over that. I still think Andy Brayshaw, still quite cheap relatively to what he's been able to pull out when he was averaging that 120, 117 earlier. And the interesting player for me this week, and I think he's probably on the lips of a couple of coaches, is Titch. Is he back, Dossie? Well, I, I did tweet it out. Uh, wasn't watching a heap of the game and, and was interested in how the CBAs were going. Was just watching that score tick along, and I think he was on. He was on like one ten in early in the uh, early in the fourth quarter, and, and I was very excited to see that go to um, high up there, but. I think Louis's been the Louis's been the one that's tweeted out, and he even reckons that uh, Fantasy Froco might have stole some of his material on the tweet there, Louis. But uh, what what did you find out for us this week? Oh, look. So I just wanted to do a bit of research because we've been saying on this podcast um, pretty much since round three that for Titch owners hold because when he does turn it around, the rest of the competition uh, is going to sit up, take notice, and try and jump on, and that's what we're we're sort of seeing with the hype this week. Um, but going through his sort of stats, um, on the weekend, 49% of the CBAs, which is his um, second least for the season. So we talk about the role not being there. Well, it's still not there. We also have to factor in the fact that it was a win. Hawthorne probably going to lose more than they win. You would think it was in Tasmania at Utah Stadium, which is always fantastic for scoring. And that he was the fourth choice midfielder as well. So... I'm just a little bit sketchy. I know what he can do, but basically we've got nine weeks of data to suggest that maybe he's not the best pick in fantasy. We've got one week of data to suggest that, well, maybe he is. Um, I just err on the side of caution and think you've got to wait a week and, and see it again. He's one of two players that I have in the, the wait a week category. So it's firstly him and then Jared Lyons as well with Hugh McCluggage having a potential hamstring injury. We saw what Lyons could do when he had that full mid-roll last year, but it's interesting to me. He's quite cheap, only 831k. I think there are better options, but he's one I'm definitely keeping an eye on this week. Yeah, he's another that had his second most um, centre bounces for the year as well. Obviously, McCluggage went off, but uh, certainly worth taking note of. That's, and yeah, then, that's of course, a great the last point. player that I want to mention is, is your boy, Dossie. Big Shawnee Darcy, round 14 by... Oh, yeah. Well, I think this show has a couple of owners uh, in me and Holmesy certainly already on board now. Oh, you didn't jump on, Holmesy. Oh, mate. Hayes at R2 is the way to go. <laughs> he doesn't like 50s. <laughs> Just I've been mate. trying to bring in. I've been trying to bring in Darcy for three weeks, and every week I've had a, a forced trade that meant I couldn't get him. So I've been right or die with Hayes as well at R2, and I'm looking forward to getting oh. Sean Darcy in. So, can I just quickly ask, um, and I'm not sure if any of you have Proust at R2, um, but through the bo- originally the plan was to ditch Proust through the buys, but he's averaging 98. Do you just hold Proust all the way through? He's averaging 98 from four games played, mate. It's not a good sample. He's been suspended 16 times already this season and now he's out with a bit of illness. And we've seen what the players come back with this crookness and it ain't pretty. So I think the plan should stay the same, to be honest, mate. He has looked good, I'll give him that. But I, I think coming back from illness, what will probably happen is it'll be a shared role. I think that's what will happen moving on. 
It, it's a bit of a guess with a new coach, but I think that's what will happen. It'll be interesting to see if he gets up too, Louis. And I've got I mean, him at R2. The issue is that there's, I mean, you could go to a Darcy, but if you're going to use the argument that, well, Bruce has only played four games, Darcy hasn't played many more. He's no. turned up three times. He's had two ceiling ones, but um, I just think that ruck department's really thin at the moment. So it'll, it'll be very interesting to see who the top two ruckmen are at the end of the year. Obviously, Max Gorn's going to be one of them, but... There's only one coming up. in for me, um, and that's English. Well, yeah, I was about to say you might be best off playing English um, in your ruck division and then stacking up on a few more dogs in the forward line. I'm looking forward to this week's matchup. We're going to probably uh, find out who, if, if Darcy really is um, going to contend because he's up against Big Gorney this week. So my R1 versus my R2. Uh, Nath, is there any more targets aside from the fourth most informed player in the competition in Caleb Sarong? No, I made sure I deliberately didn't put Caleb Sarong on there just just so that you wouldn't get that that satisfaction. No, I don't think there's too many more for me. I think round 13 is is the big one. Um, so it'll be actually a bit interesting to see where typically we're normally super heavy in round 14. This year, I think we'll be heavier in round 12 and round 13. So if you can pick those right players for round 14, you might get a leg up in the competition from the rest. Let's get in cracking into some questions from the listeners now, and we're going to get to some some of our beautiful Pod Pod fam. We're going to get through as many as we can of those, and then we've got some on Twitter as well. So we're going to be smashing through a bunch of questions. This episode is going out to the masses. I don't even know if you knew that, Nath, but this one's going to the masses, mate. So um, also going to our Pod Pod fam, of course. So if you want to get Christmas. involved, yeah, exactly. If you want to get involved, head to keepleapod.com.au. Get involved on the membership there and you can get uh, just a, I reckon it's silver or gold members get access to the pod pod. So, get around it. Stato, what have you got? Well, if you like DOS being abused, then join the membership because this is week in, week out and it's very enjoyable for the rest of us. Mate, you're sounding worse by the minute. I'm so oh, sorry. No, I'm starting to feel it. Too yeah, no, nah, no, nah, mate, you're all good. If you need to drop out, that's that's totally fine. You've already mentioned. Oh, you've already mentioned. I've to just. Us. I've nailed you a few times today. Now you want to get get me. out of here, mate. Come on, mate. One one last show. <laughs> one last. Show. <laughs> We've already mentioned the name of this this podcast. Will be called Stato's last show, and uh, yeah, we hope that doesn't come to fruition. Of course, Stato. Um, yeah, this one's from we'll be laughing. Mark Allen. Evening, chaps. It's happened. He brought in his first dud, so he's having an absolute monster year. It was the bud from from the Suns, so he's uh, sympathising with DC. Do I acknowledge my mistake? Cut him now and move on. It's either him or Nick. Martin or who they got do I stick with him till the buys and pray Jude does the same and try and recall why I picked him in the first place which is currently lost in a fog of disappointment thanks chaps Nath what do you reckon you're, you're the close source to a man that has done this what are you what advice are you giving to him on your own uh, little chats yeah Bira clearly lost the role that he had in those first couple of weeks as well but I would still be holding him one more week over Nick Martin. I think that Nick Martin obviously was on 20 at three-quarter time. So I think that as a rookie, he's the one that potentially has to go first for me. I'd hold Bitter for one more week, but I would be looking for a way to get both out if you could. All right, we're on the boat. We've already answered this question. He says, aside from Titch, who should we be targeting as an underpriced primo with a round 14 buy? I reckon reckon we had a couple of names there, Nath, but is- Say, Kyle, is there any is there any name? Oh, Stato, you've got a name that's underpriced from the round 14 by? No. No, I was just going to say that Bruderick has really two good matchups and his break-even won't be high. So he's got Hawthorne and North Melbourne the next two weeks. So you're better off uh, taking him through being around 13 to till he gets to his buy. Honestly, from that question, I reckon, I know he's, like you said, um, Nath, he's not like, underpriced in the sense of the word, but 830k for Jared Lyons if Hugh McCluggage is out for an extended period of time. He's down 150,000 from last year, so he's around 14 by. I, I love that one for a point of difference as well, so depends if you've got the coin to get to him. Um, other than that, is anyone buying Jai Newcomb as an underpriced? I'm just trying to find an underpriced one for the from here. Um, you've got Taylor Adams at 722k. He's got a 99 on the weekend, so if he can... Prove that he's swung his form around. He's seriously underpriced for what he can do. 
Um, Simpkin, uh, he's burnt quite a few coaches this year, but he's at 718k. And we saw last year around this time was when he was able to turn his form around and come home averaging 105. So that might be a play. Uh, you've got Jordan Degoe, Stato's man at 643k. <laughs> He's not in form, but I think it's just worth noting through the buys that if you can't get up to the guy you like and Jordan is looking okay on field, then he might be an option. And um, I don't know why I've really stuck this in here, but I may as well read it out now. But um, Jed Anderson in a few weeks, if he can show something, might just be an interesting one at 670k. But I don't think he's going to do that before round 14. At yeah, the same price, Lukey McDonald at 670k. Obviously a bit too much of a yo-yo, but if it's very clear that he's going to have that role, I would just be looking out for him as well. Just be careful. He's one of Dossie's 215 boys. <laughs> Aaron Hall's back soon as well. I'd be I'd be pretty concerned with that. I think he's only a couple of weeks away, Big Hawley. Um, all right, this one from Josh. Is there any worry on Andy Brayshaw's output with Fife coming in? Maybe Kyle, you're, you're an Andy Brayshaw proud owner. Um, yeah, he's, as we said, his his sort of production isn't obviously as 180 ish as it was in the earliest <laughs> parts of the season there, but he's still carving it up. Uh, what do you think of that? Is is the big body of Fife going to help or, or hinder Brayshaw if he comes back soon? Uh, well, I guess the obvious answer to that is we we don't know. We don't know what role Fife's going to play. Uh, but personally, I would think that it's it's still Andy Brayshaw's midfield. I think they'll just take maybe a little bit of a haircut, but he's still well and truly a top eight mid. So I would not be looking to trade him out, that's for sure. Maybe if I was looking to bring him in post buys, you'd wait to see how that midfield looks with Fife. But um, he's still he's still a gun. He he's been a bit slow the last couple of weeks. I I watched him pretty closely in the last two games, and he's actually not the best wet weather footy player. He he's more of an outside player than an inside player. But he still he got going in that second half, and and he's going to be fine over the next couple of couple of rounds and and moving forward. So I wouldn't be doing anything with him just yet. Stato. And, and it'll only be it'll only be Sarong that is affected. <laughs> Get stuffed, mate. He'll be right with a big body next to him. Stato, Rankus, Brayshort, Neil, and Oliver. Uh, Oliver, Brayshaw, Neil, but it's very close for the first two. I, I just think, um, uh, as uh, Perth's very wet in the winter, uh, and Cole just mentioned just talking about his wet weather footy. I think Oliver comes into his own in the second half of the season. I think Brayshaw will be at his, uh, this is his peak now, so 115 of his last three. That, that's his ceiling, I think. God, that was some that was some wet weather, 40 and a half on the weekend, that one. Uh, Hobbsy wants to know, Tom Mitchell discuss, as we have, but Louis, Nick Martin to Tom Mitchell. Um, worst case scenario, he'll get moved on before round 14. Yeah, look. It's a good trade, but I don't think you can look at trading in Tom, trading out Tom Mitchell before round 14 if it ends up being a poor one. So I'll tick off Martin to Mitchell, but if you're bringing him in, then you're keeping him. Yeah. And look, he's got a great run of teams from historically from who Titch likes to score against as well in the next few, although Titch likes to generally score against everyone, but he's had some huge scores against his upcoming three matchups. Uh, this one from Andrew Bont. Or Mitchell or Parker to get a rookie off field, Nathan. It's the bond for me. I just think incredible value based of what he's been able to do. And if the Bulldogs start to turn their season around a bit, he should be even more lethal on the forward line. Bond for me. I wonder who the rookie is though, because if it's Nick Martin, then yes. But if you're if you're still looping. You know, a Durden type or a Sam DeConning, then then that changes things a bit, I think. Taser wants to know which Nick goes first, Holmesy. Nick Martin to Cam Guthrie or Nick Dacos to Daniel Rich? So Nick Martin or Nick Dacos? Who goes first? And do you like those trades? Which one? Uh, I, I'm looking to trade Nick Martin this week over Nick Dacos if, if I am able to do an upgrade. So that probably um, says how I feel about that question. What I will say is, our theme from last week in terms of upgrading in the forward line, if you're just upgrading Nick Martin or Nick Dacos purely to a defender or a forward, then I'm not sure you're going to gain too much in that situation. We did see Nick Martin hit the wall a little bit in that in the game, but he went on the wing in the last quarter and absolutely smashed it. So if, if Essendon was smart, um, I would think that he plays on the wing this week and we see a little bit more of what he can do. So 
in that situation, I'd probably lean towards still going Nick Martin up to Guthrie, but I, I still don't feel like that's a massive upgrade if, if you can't get up to a sort of a, a bont or someone a little bit higher. Is he back? He's back. Lockie, what rank would you give Bont and Trelaw in the forward line? So, I guess, which one do you prefer out of those two, uh, Louis, Bont or Trelaw? Um, Bont and Trelaw, I think there's 10 points between them on average. And I think if Bont has a good day, I think there's potentially 30 points between them. So, yeah, Bont and Pelly for me, uh, we- if he gets forward status. BJ wants to know, ignoring buys, what order would you rate Parker, Trelaw, Taranto? So, a few different names, Holmesy. You got any answer for us there? I think I'm Parker one in that situation. Taranto obviously has the highest ceiling, but like we mentioned with all GWS players, it's really impossible to know how that's all going to line up. So, wouldn't surprise me if Taranto ends up being the number one in those three, but I would still be bringing in Parker this week. Um, considering he's got that back injury as well, Taranto. So I would be Parker, Trelaw, then Taranto. Based off what's coming out of the Giants, I don't think Taranto will play this week. So definitely not him for me. All right, that's good to know. Uh, Stato, Reese wants to know. He's got three, choice of three as well. I like these, just a lot of choices this week. So Titch, Noah Anderson or Bont. So, a lot of bonds throwing around there. So, clearly people are keen to jump on that DPP as we've talked about. But any of those guys, Titch, Noah Anderson is a bit of a pod or the bond. Yeah, bond for me. Um, Titch looked great, but only 48% CBAs. I, I want to see that continuing, that scoring and what his role is going to be. So, we've got a bit of time with him. Uh, Noah Anderson's been great, no doubt about it, but Bont's going to get that forward status, so there's so much flexibility with that. Nathan, this one from Defence. Uh, need to get McCartan off his field and has 825000 bucks. Zorko, well. Hewitt or Sinclair? Likes Hewitt's run but hesitant bringing him in due to the buy next week. So Zorko, Hewitt or Sinclair uh, with the fact that, yeah, not too keen on, on that round 12 buy though. Well, Sinclair also has the round 12 buy, so uh, yeah, I would go Hewitt <laughs> over Sinclair. Um, and then I think if you can get away with it, those two are a much better option than Zorko. Um, but if it really does mean that you potentially bring on a player that will score a, a sub 50 for you, then i definitely go Zorko. Louis. I don't see it. <laughs> you don't see it. Louis, it's all right to trade in a round 12 buy player this week. Um, this is from Paul. Is it okay to if you're super heavy on those round 13 buy players, which he is? He's quite low on the round 12s. Is it okay to bring in a round 12 buy player if you've got that sort of structure? I mean, it'd be better to target a round 14 player but um, because you just get a few extra games from them. But if you're going to be light in round 12, then by all means do it. I mean... The aim of the game through the buys is to field at least 18 players. So, yeah, bring in around 12 if you have to. All right. I don't get caught up. I don't get caught up in this. They're going to miss next week. Every single player misses one out of the next three. So, yep. that's the way you've got to compute it. They're playing two. So, it's actually getting the balance right. So, and it goes back to that previous question Hewitt's your man. Um, others may not say it, but he is your man. Um, and yes, if you light on round 12, pick up a round 12 now. You still get him three out of the next four weeks. I'm personally looking at bringing in either Hewitt or Wines this week um, because I've got less round 12 players than I would like. Okay, there you go. There's someone doing it. Um, we've got some questions in from our Twitter as well. That's at PodPodAFL. Uh, This is from John and interesting because I kind of flagged this a bit earlier and Kyle's been the one that I've been chatting to this about. John wants to know, should we be worried about Patrick Cripps after a couple of 70s in a row, 76 and 71? At all worried, Kyle? Look, I think this is this is what Patrick Cripps is. He was this was part of the reason why I didn't pick him at the start of the season. He starts out hot and then he gets injured, he slows up. Um teams catch on to what he's doing and they put more time into him. So are the days gone of Cripps probably being a top eight mid? I I would think so. I don't think he's going to come out with those 120s anymore. 
But in saying that, you've definitely got to get the rookies off the field first. He plays Collingwood this week and then has a bye, which gives him a chance to freshen up, which means that hopefully his form comes back a little bit after the buys and then you can look to maybe correct that later on after the buys. But it's absolutely a no trade right now, Doss. That's how you go sideways and not improve your side. I don't mind. And he's got uh, he's got Melbourne, which is a good matchup, and he's got Richmond, which is a good matchup uh, after that week's break. So if you're going to change him, it'll be round fourteen. Both are hey, unlikely to attack as well, I would say, and I think that's what Cripps has been getting a significantly more attention, which means that he's just not getting that cheap ball that he was roaming around the ground in those first sort of eight rounds. Look, I think what John was trying to really ask is. Is, is his place in the side um, going to be up for grabs? Because Paddy Dow is tearing it up in the VFL. So, there's, uh, there's, a, there's a chance. Yeah, it's 100% a what he meant. Yes, that is what he meant. Uh, this one, James Peatling uh, just wants to be discussed mm. here by Ducan. Does anyone have an opinion on James Peatling? I managed to see the game. So, I mean, my, my thoughts was just, you know, obviously it's only a play if you you light on those round 12s as we've discussed but could he be a cash gen generator he's been an absolute state league beast in the past but that role he was at half forward um that high against half forward west coast against west coast and you think you know t- like we said taranto might not be back in this week uh said our news break in eighth but um he could be back in in the future weeks louis have you do you know much about pete ling or do you see any of the game or is there any interest there he is 393k so he's a bit expensive for a cash generator yeah he was a pretty good rookie for me last year i think he was a small defender running defender in the uh in the vfl and he's playing up the ground for gws yes he went 119 on the weekend but he's also given you a 45 and a 24 back in rounds three and four so um, that's very quickly gonna spin his break even around to him losing cash within a couple of weeks if that happens. So, nah, I don't think you can go Peatling, especially when he's priced at 393k. I mean, we were considering, um, Kadeen Coleman at that price, and I think Kadeen Coleman probably has a few more tickets on the board. Couple of questions here relating to the same players. So, Stato, I want your opinion on this one. Haitley or Coleman to bring in and ride to their buy. So, they're 529k for Haitley, who's taken the reins in the Adelaide midfield. And now it's 506k for Kadeen Coleman, who's sort of roaming in that half back line for Brisbane. Any interest in both of those? And can you bring them just to ride them through that buy and be those sort of cash generator uh, placeholders, if you will, for the fact that we don't have those rookies available or we might not have those cash generating rookies as much as we'd like. Yeah, look, you, you can. You try not to do these things unless they're uh, unavoidable, to be fair. But if I was to pick one of the two, I would go Coleman, just a little bit more convinced on his job security Adelaide have got a lot of good players sort of sitting, scoring well in the in the two. So I don't, I don't know the job security in the Adelaide midfield at the moment. So Coleman's the one I would go. Um, again, only if you have to. If you've got six red, seven red dots, um, you may have to fix a couple of them and that may be that sort of angle that you, you can't go up to a premium, you can only go to a mid-pricer. So Coleman for mind. He's also got that round 14 by Coleman, which means it's got that, if you are planning to trade out in that bye week, he's got that one more week to make a bit more cash. So in terms of making trades, you look to sort of every trade be worth that 100 to 150K. And if you're trading in Haitley, you're only really getting him for two weeks if you wanted to trade him out round 13. One final question, guys. Um, this one again from Taser from our Pod Pod family. Often the primo you get, on the upgrade determines which rookie you get on the downgrade. And as we're close to the buy, is getting the right rookie on the downgrade more important than the ideal primo? So he's saying, in other words, award to a Saligo, that might mean missing on a titch or a bond on the upgrade. What's what's more important here, uh, Kyle? Yeah, uh, it's very important to get the right rookies. Like we've mentioned uh, in the past few episodes in relation to the buys, if you're bringing in a rookie this week, you need to be pretty certain or or give the best opportunity for them to be playing over the buys. Otherwise, they're just another red dot and that's just one less player that you have playing over the buys. So, um, 100%. I think 
Well, we're not going to know right now because we haven't seen teams yet, but at this point in time, it looks like Saligo is the right option to bring in. So that means it may limit your upgrade on the other side and, and you might need to be creative in your side. But at the same time, we might get a, a Hollands named. There's always curveballs at selection and, and it might end up being that you go down to a lower rookie. So you need you need to play around. You need to assess all options, but um, it is very important that you do nail the right rookie so that they are going to play over the buys. He might be one of those super good coaches that's already got Hollands. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All the good coaches already have Hollands and have had him this whole time. Uh, Nath, one last question because we just got one float through from Lockie. Simpkin, hold or fold? Another one for our, our great mate, I think, the, and former podcast guest just a couple of weeks ago in DC. Yeah, I mean, I prefer him to Butterick. Um, but I would say overall, I think you have to hold him, unfortunately, unless you have nothing else to do. But as, as Stato mentioned, the, the red dots might be a little bit more important this week. And North is slightly starting to be a bit more competitive and will naturally see Simpkins score rise a bit with that. So I would be holding, but being very ready to trade him out at his round 14 buy. Optimistic calling them competitive, handsome North. I mean, it's all, everything is relative. And as a North supporter, this is the most competitive we've been all year in, in that I could actually watch three quarters of football. So they're, they're at least competing remotely for my attention, which I'll take that as a win. What's actually happened to Taron Thomas, though? He's, he's had the longest Dossie curse I've ever seen starting in my squad. He's uh, what's he averaging this year 57 points. He's not, he's not been great. Obviously, I started with him. Um, they've, North really don't know what to do with him, to be honest, because they're playing him a bit in the back line. He's floating through the back line, floating through the midfield, then going forward and, and attempting to kick goals. He doesn't look like he's in the very best of form and obviously might be still suffering a little bit from those bruised ribs because he did come back three or four weeks earlier than what most people predicted he would come back from. All right, final thoughts. The Foss, you reckon you'll be right for us next week or is this, do you reckon this is it? It may be it, but uh, I hope so. Oh, mate, get all the best. All the best, I know. Hope you get better soon. That's it for another episode of the Pod Pod. See you all next week. Bye. Bye.